everybody, it's Pastor Tom and Tammy, and here we are for another session episode of Cornerstone Conversations, and it's just the two of us today, and we're going to talk about some interesting stuff tonight. You are welcome to join us and to be part of this conversation. Praise the Lord. Do you want to pray, Tammy, as we begin? Yes. Father, we thank you for your presence here with us. We thank you for your word. And we just thank you for this opportunity just to be able to talk about you and who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, We were talking uh, before we started this episode about the love of God. And I've been thinking, I've I've read some stuff here in the last uh, few days about God's love. And I just wanted to go over some scripture, if we could, just to talk about how big that love is and how important it is to us to live in that. So let's begin with 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this way, the love of God was revealed to us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. I want to stop right there because I think there's so much in those yes. uh, in those verses that we need to go over. Um, anything you want to say about that, Tammy? Um, well, I have the Amplified Bible. <laughs> and verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love springs from God, and he who loves his fellow men is begotten or born of God. And just the fact that we as human beings have no capacity to love one another without the love of God. Mm-hmm. And even just the love of God on mankind, people in the world, just the ability for unsaved people to be able to love somebody and have that relationship with somebody only comes from God's love. Mm-hmm. We have, would have not have the capacity to do that without his love first. There is a constant flow of love coming from the throne of God. Yes. It is unceasing, unrelenting, and it is bigger than we can even fathom in our hearts and minds. And it's why so many people, when they think about God, they think that he is like an earthly father. He's not like an earthly no. father. He is, it's different. It's totally different. Um, I like this verse here. Anyone who does not love, verse 8, anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And if you are walking out of love, if you are walking in bitterness or anger or hatred, you do not know God. That's what he says. Mm -hmm. Does not know God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. And I, I was thinking last, in the last few weeks, I'm not sure when this will actually uh, be released, but a few weeks ago, 
I was just sitting in my chair, drinking my coffee um, at the house, and I was reading an article about the, f- the four letters of God's name in Hebrew. I think it's, um, is it Y-H-W-H, Yahweh? And I was reading this article, and I just, I sat there and I began to contemplate just the awesomeness and the bigness of God. That whole thing is, you know, it says God is love. This love emanating from his being, it's, it's hard to comprehend it because we, we are so changed every day. Somebody says something cross to us. Somebody cuts us off in traffic. Somebody um, does says, looks at us the wrong way, and we, we walk out of love. It's that mm-hmm. easy for us in this flesh. It wasn't so at the beginning, I believe, because Adam and Eve walked with God. They had this living relationship with him that transcends anything that we know today. Um, I think we get very close to that a lot, but that relationship they had must have been amazing, but that they actually walked with him, physically walked with God mm-hmm. in that garden. I mean, I realize we we can do that today. I feel like, I mean, God is right there with me in all the things that I do. Right. Um, but it's a pretty awesome, it's a pretty awesome thing to think about. Um, listen, this, this verse nine is really cool. In this way, the love of God was revealed to us. In what way? This way. That God sent his only begotten son into this icky, awful, rotten, disgusting, decaying world. Mm-hmm. The epitome of his love, you know, it, everything that he was in, in the likeness of Jesus because the, the word says, for it pleased him that all the fullness of the Godhead should dwell. So here's Jesus embodying everything that God is. And God sent him into this horrible world to bring us back into that relationship that Adam and Eve had, mm-hmm. you know. In this is love, verse 10. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to the atonement sacrifice for our sins. I think that's interesting. I I was reading something about that recently, that God, his love for us is constant. It's unending. It's always going. It's always looking at us and reaching out to us. It doesn't stop. We didn't go to God and say, I love you. I thought this was interesting. This writer said, God is not waiting for us to say, I love you, (laughs) before Mm -hmm. he says, I love you back. You know what I mean? He says, I love you first. You know, we're always waiting for someone to be the first. Mm -hmm. Well, you you say it or you do it, and then I'll, you know, then I'll reciprocate. God doesn't do that. He started it. He started the love. 
He started the love. He started coming towards us in love. We didn't, he didn't wait for us to do it. Um, and I think you said this at the beginning of the conversation, Tammy. We couldn't. We didn't have the capacity. Mm-hmm. That, that capacity to love was destroyed in the fall. Mm-hmm. You think about death. Death destroys everything, doesn't it? It, yeah. it, it literally, the body will rot into nothingness, into dust over so long a period of time. And the love of God in us was not there anymore until he came along and said, I love you and I'll put my love into you. And this is the love, and this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. You want to say something? Yeah. When, when I read that verse, I think about God's love and his sacrifice was for everybody, every single person. And God's love is not, uh, doesn't show favoritism. So even those people who are still lost, his love is just as great for them as it is for us. And when you think about your own children and you love your children and they're, they're different and you love them all that you love them equally, you love them the same, that God loves us even when we're ugly, even when we're, you know, terrible. I saw a bumper sticker on a car and I'm not going to say the, the word that was on it, but it said, uh, I love all of my children, even though sometimes they act like, and it was a, you know, a not a, a curse word, uh, that even when they act up, that the love is still there. And when Trent and I were in California and experienced walking past the homeless all over the place many times, um, I, I remember walking past one person that was laying on the ground in the middle of the day asleep near the UCLA campus and just thinking, I just had this thought and I even said to Trent, I'm like, you know, that was somebody's baby. That was somebody's mm-hmm. child that they loved and took mm-hmm. care of. Hopefully, you know, gr- grew up and had somebody that took care of them. And I don't know what got them to the place that they were at, but just that, um, God loves that person as much as he loves me and his love is not limited. It's, it doesn't show favoritism and extends to everybody, even in their worst, worst time, worst moment. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, and, and that's a good, that's a good segue to this other, I want to switch over to another story. I just did this, um, uh, Bible study a couple of weeks ago at the jail. It's the story, the parable of the prodigal son. It's Luke 15, verse 11. Then he said, Jesus said, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that falls to me. So he divided his estate between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together that he had and journeyed to a distant country and there squandered his possessions in prodigal living. I kind of wonder if he had a backpack or like a large duffel bag slung over (laughs) his back, maybe had a horse or a donkey or something, but Mm -hmm. he took everything he could take. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm out of here. 
I, I hate this town. I hate this farm. I'm going to X and so city and I'm going to party because I'm, I'm young and I want to do this. When he spent everything, verse 14, there came a severe famine in that country, a very bad situation, right? A, mm-hmm. a very bad thing was happening. And he began to be in want. So he went and hired himself to a citizen of that country who sent him in the fields to feed pigs or swine. He would gladly have filled his stomach with the husks that the swine were eating, but no one gave him any. So obviously he wasn't allowed to eat the hog's food, the pig's food, and nobody gave him any food, Mm -hmm. right? This was a rich man. He had been a rich man. When he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have an abundance of bread? And here I am perishing with hunger. I'll arise and go to my father and I'll say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven. And before you, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he arose and came to his father. I think that's a very interesting situation. Mm -hmm. You know, that person that you saw laying on the sidewalk many people that you saw right. sitting or laying on the sidewalk mm-hmm. or in tents or whatever, right out there near the campus. We're at the hospital where you and Trent were at. Um, they could have been like this guy, mm-hmm. right? They could have been, you know, people have so many different stories of where they've been. Right. And it's, it is our human, uh, the fallen state of our nature separated from God that puts us into this arrogant, self-centered way of thinking and deadly thinking, by the way. Verse uh, 20, so he arose and came to his father, but while he was yet a far away, far away, his father saw him and was moved with compassion and ran and embraced his neck and kissed him. There was love. Right. That was love. You know, this is called the story of the prodigal son, but is it really the story of the prodigal son? Or is it the story of the loving father? I've heard people say that before. It is both. But it's the prodigal son that, that gets mostly emphasized. But look at what he says in 21. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. So he's now saying the speech or, or the words that he wanted to say to his dad. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring here the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began, and in the version I was reading at the jail, so they, they began to party. Mm-hmm. They, they began to have a party. I like that. Let's party. Yeah. You know, that, that's what love does. Mm-hmm. When, when it has recognized that, you know, you're back. Right. You know, you were living. He wasn't dead physically, but he was dead to his family. Mm-hmm. And he came back to himself and he said, I'm not even worthy to be called a member of this family. Just make me a servant and I'll be content because I was wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did wrong. Right. But the father said, no, get a, get a brand new robe, get new shoes, put a ring on his finger because, you know, his kids wore jewelry, mm-hmm. right? 
Go get the best calf that we've been fattening up to butcher and bring it and let's eat it. Uh, 25, now his older son was in the field. As he came and drew near the house, he, he heard music and dancing. And so he called one of the servants and said, what is this? What's going on? That's the Tom translation. He said to him, your brother's come and your father's killed the fattened calf because he's received him safe and sound. He's back, man. He's back. Mm -hmm. And we're having a party and your dad's happy. And look at all this stuff. This is great. 28. Here's the religious people right here. He was angry and would not go in. I'm not going in there. Forget it. Therefore, his father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, look, these many years have I served you. Nor have I ever transgressed your commands, yet never have you given me a goat so that I might be merry with my friends. Boy, that sounds like jealousy. Boo hoo, poor me. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not doing anything for me. Look at him. Yeah. Oh, and uh, what, wait a minute. I got to go back here a minute. 30? No. Uh, oh, here we go. I, I'm not far enough. There we go. Verse 30. But when this son of yours came, came back, right? Mm -hmm. When this son of yours came, came back, he didn't say when my brother, because he disowned him, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. He's dead to me. I, you know, he left me with all this work to run this place. You know, my dad's getting older. He can't do a lot of the physical work anymore. I'm doing all the physical work with the servants. I'm managing the servants. I'm managing the finances. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take care of everything. And he already got his share. Plus he got his share. Already. Right. But so did this guy. Right. But when the son of yours came who has devoured your living with harlots, with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. Dad, are you kidding me? Well, I mean, what, give me a break. And the father said to him, son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But it was fitting to be glad and marry and be glad for this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. He, he reestablished the brotherly bonds, didn't he? Mm -hmm. The father said, this brother of yours, he's not just my son. <laughs> He's your brother too, mm -hmm. and he's back, and you should be happy about it because right. he's not dead. He's your blood, man. He's your blood. You need to love him. And I, I just think um, there was a spot here, and I probably missed it. I think the dad gave them both their inheritance. Oh, let me see. I got to find it. I have something to share about this verse. No, the, wait, here, here it is. Verse 12. So he divided his estate between them. They both got their shares. They both got their shares. At the same time. Mm. If this dude wanted to party, he could go party mm -hmm. with his friends. And the dad wasn't going to stand in front of it because it was his money. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, this is what love is. This, this father exhibited love towards both of those men equally. And it's just when the one came back to life because he came in some, I don't know where it said this, but um, oh, when he came to himself, some translations say when he came to his senses, mm -hmm. right? We need to come to our senses right. and receive the father's love. What mm -hmm. were you going to say? Um, when, I, when I read this story, I see the tough love of the father because... He 
didn't prevent his son from going off, knowing that it was the wrong thing for him to do. He didn't prevent that or stop it. He gave it to him and let him go do his thing. But at the same time, he did not go search for him. He did not send somebody, go send some money for him. He did not send somebody to say, you know, just check up on him and give him a place to live. Why don't you give him money for food? Why he don't didn't you enable he him? Did not enable him. No. And and you know, the verse 24 said, This my son was dead and is alive again. The father's love was so tough that it was like he's as good as dead. And he did not enable his bad behavior. Mm-hmm. He let him go off, gave him his inheritance, let him go off. And, you know, verse 17, it says, when the son, when he came to himself or came to his senses, I see that as, you know, correlating to uh, p- people today, they have to come to the end of themselves. Mm-hmm. And most people that have this kind of an attitude of, I want what's mine and I'm going to go party and I'm going to live it up. Um, they have to get to that point. And if you stop that process in between, they never get to that point. They never come to their senses. They don't ever come to that point of repentance. And I mean, I see this father as being very tough. I mean, he really um, let him come to the end of himself. Mm-hmm. And it took that in order for him to to be at a point of repentance. And you know, then when he did repent and came back, The dad was there with all forgiveness and love. And that's when he blessed him with food and clothes and jewelry, uh, not when he was Mm -hmm. out there in the sin. Right. His heart was messed up. Right. His his heart wasn't right. It was his his heart was in decline. Mm -hmm. And he was about to jump off the edge. Uh, Back to John, first John. Uh, chapter 4, verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we must also love one another. That love of God was given to us unconditionally. And this father gave that love unconditionally. But you're right. Mm-hmm. He, he, didn't, he didn't run after him. But, you know? you know, that one verse says he was standing and saw him coming when he was far away. Mm-hmm. So he must, it must have been his um, practice to, to stand there and look in the distance thinking, is today the day he's going to come home? Mm-hmm. When is it going to happen? So he was anticipating his return and looking for him to return, but he didn't go, mm-hmm. go get him. He waited till he right. came to repentance. Because he needed to do it. Mm-hmm. on his own yeah you know yeah but the love like I, I like that tammy but while he was yet far away his father saw him and was moved with compassion and ran him embraced his neck and kissed him mm-hmm. um the rest the, the remainder of that verse i'm sorry verse 12 no one has seen god at any time if we love one another god dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. There's something about walking in love that perfects love because God is dwelling in us. He's in us. So that love towards people is perfected. You know, um, people ask me sometimes, you know, don't you find it hard to 
love people that have done really bad things and I see them in jail and, and they say, well, this person's really bad. He's done a, a very bad crime or she's done a very bad crime. Doesn't that impact your, the way you see that person? And I said, honestly, it really doesn't. I, I know that's, you know, if I know, I mean, mm-hmm. I generally can know. Sometimes people tell me what things have caused them to be in jail. I don't ask. It's none of my business. I'm not there to find out people's charges. I'm there to help them get through that time with the word of God, hopefully with some, you know, music. I think music is important, not more important than the word, but the word of God, some, you know, music and just encouraging words. Mm -hmm. It's not my place to judge somebody and to say, you know, you should get this punishment or you should get that punishment. That's what judgment is. I mean, I think we should, we should, you know, the Bible says we should judge. You know, we're not supposed to say, oh, that's okay that you did that. No, that's not what the Bible says to do. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that sin must be judged. Not, you know, the people, you know, we, we, we judge people by saying that is a bad person. Well, that person might have done some bad things. But does God love that person? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that person redeemable? Yes. Mm-hmm. What redeems us? The love of Jesus Christ. It was because of the love of God that sent Jesus. Jesus' love for the Father caused him to go to the cross. That love for us caused him to go to the cross. So sin was judged in that sacrifice. That all happened because of love. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing thing to think about, that it isn't what we do. you know. And, and let me read this again. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us. And if God is dwelling in you, he's saying, you know, if God is dwelling in you, you will love one another, and his love will be perfected in you. Mm-hmm. That, and, and I think that that is important in that uh, relationship with people. It should be getting easier for us to love people. Why? Because or we're not looking at what they've done. Mm-hmm. We're looking at them as valuable and chosen by God. That's what this father, uh, the prodigal's father, mm-hmm. was doing. He saw his son. And what did he say? He was dead. He wasn't dead. He wasn't physically dead. Mm-hmm. His actions made him dead to his family. Why? Because this dude wasn't walking in love. He was gone and he was as good as dead. Right. Yeah. Well, because of his actions. Mm-hmm. His actions were not love actions. They were hate mm-hmm. actions. Give me my share. I'm out of here. Right? I want to go down to verse 16. Uh, da, 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 verse 13. We know that we live in him and he in us because he's given us his spirit. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. We just talked about that. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. That's salvation right there. Mm -hmm. 
Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. We, um, I've got a King James Bible here. I want to turn over. I want to read this out of the King. I don't think this is the King James. I think this is a, uh, no, it's the modern English version. And I want to read this out of the King James because I like how it reads. You can hear the turning of pages. Old-fashioned Bible. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I mean, there's a lot of people that wouldn't know this today. I remember this because I'm old. Older. <laughs> I'm old. I'm older than me. Yes, thank you. <laughs> but I remember as a kid sitting in church, and the pastor would say scripture and verse, and you'd hear all these pages turning. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful sound. We don't hear that anymore. We'd have to turn off the overhead projector. Or maybe we could do a simulated <laughs> Bible page sound. <laughs> we'll have to get Ryan to work on that. Um, where was I? 15, 16. 16. And we have known and believed the love. That almost sounds like a, like a song lyric. I believe the love. I believe the love. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. God is love. Whoever lives in love, love lives in God and God in him. In this way, God's love is perfected in us so that we may have boldness on the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Whoever fears is not perfect in love. I think, I, I just think this, this is so good. We could go on and on and mm-hmm. on and on with this. But we love him because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. Those are strong words. Very strong words. You can't say, I love God and hate your brother. It, it says right here in John. John says, you're a liar if you mm-hmm. do that. You can't hate someone and love God at the same time. Right. It's not compatible. Whoever does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he's not seen? We have this commandment from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Whoever fears is not perfect in love. And I think that people that are walking in fear of forgiveness, fear of uh, loving somebody who's hurt them or... Mm -hmm or been evil to them, you can't, lo- you can't say I love God and, and have hate for somebody else. You just can't do it. It's, it's, you're a liar. Am- in the Amplified in verse 20, it says, um, if anyone says I love God and hates his brother in Christ, he is a liar. And then in 21, in this command we have from him that he who loves God shall love his brother, and then quotes, believer also. So the brothers and sisters in Christ you can't say that you hate one of them and say that you love God mm-hmm. because we're all the same family. Right. And you can't, you can't, you're a liar if you do that. Mm-hmm. I wish we could get a revelation today of the love of God. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't 
you know, that revelation of love to me, it's what drives me. I wish that people would get a revelation of the love. That love drives me to do what I do. And it probably makes me look jaded, maybe at times jaded in a way. Is this all this guy thinks about is, mm -hmm. is reaching out to people in jail, reaching out to people who are marginalized or whatever. It's like, yeah, that's, I, I don't, I don't want to hear anything else. I don't, I don't want to hear all this other. I'm, let's get down to business. Let's show people there is another way mm -hmm. to live. And that's to live in Jesus Christ. Um, I was reading this thing a few weeks ago about, you know, nothing is impossible. Jesus said, nothing will be impossible to you. What does that mean? How? How can nothing, nothing will be impossible to you? Mm -hmm. That's because of him. It's because of him. It's because of the relationship of love right. that we have to God. Love empowers us through the, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are empowered to live at a different level. Mm -hmm. And when we get a revelation of that, we want to tell everybody about it. All of a sudden, we don't care about ourselves. We don't care about, you know, food or drink or or sleep or anything else. We're more concerned about. I want to make sure people get this, get a chance to hear this and mm -hmm. to see this. This is the love of God. Um, I want to read this. Uh, close out here with this uh, in Luke 15. Um, the father said, 31. He said to him, "Son." You are always with me and all that I have is yours. But it was fitting to be merry and be glad. For this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. He said, and basically he, he was saying, I don't care what you think. Mm -hmm. This was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. We had to be happy. We had to be excited. We had to give him new clothes and shoes and jewelry. We had to bring him back into the family, not as a servant, but as a son. That's because of love. Mm -hmm. We have to get that attitude uh, towards everyone. Mm -hmm. And it's a work. I get it. It's a work. Sometimes it's hard to love people, especially when they've done things to us or said things about us or whatever, or they've lied to us. That's hard. Mm -hmm. But... You just have to go back to God. This person, like you said, that's somebody's baby laying on yeah. that sidewalk in total destitution. How can we say, get a job? You know, well, maybe they had a job. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're broken inside. Mm -hmm. And it's only going to be the healing power of God that brings them back. I don't know. Yeah. I do know. It's Jesus. Right. It's all about Jesus. What do you got? Anything else? No. Praise the Lord. God is good. All the time. It, was, it was nice talking about the love of God. Mm -hmm. I hope this inspires somebody to think about the love of God. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, today, for this, this beautiful, wonderful day that we had today. And Lord, we just pray that these words that we spoke will reach out into somebody's heart and change them forever. That they, if they are that prodigal, that they will come back to you, God, and say, Oh, Father, forgive me. 
I have sinned and I need your help. Lord, I just pray that, that there are folks that will get that message, that they will receive it. If there are people listening right now that are having a hard time loving someone and they're saying that they love God, but they're making themselves out to be a liar because they're holding hate in their heart against someone. God, I pray that they'll get a revelation of your love for them, your unconditional love for them, that you had a party when they came back and they shouldn't be like that other brother. Lord, I just thank you for your love for us today. Guide us and lead us and help us and protect us. And Lord, we just pray that you just reach into the hearts of every person that listens to this. We praise you, Father, and thank you for all your goodness towards us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, listen, if you've never been to Cornerstone and you don't have a church, um, you're welcome to come and check it out. Praise God. If you don't like it, just come up to me. You'll, you'll, you'll see me. Um, come up to me and say, hey, I really don't like this church. I'd like to find another one, and I will help you find another church. I know lots of pastors, and I'll, I'll, we'll talk about what you're looking for, and I'll help you find the right one. But if you like Cornerstone, you're welcome to stay. It's a great place mm-hmm. with a lot of good people, some people that are still on their journey. They're, mm-hmm. they're working Working it out, working it out, All working of us. it out. All of us are, All yeah. Of us are still Chiefest is me. On the journey, <laughs> yes. Every day, every day, Jesus help me to be the best I can mm-hmm. be. Praise the Lord. God bless you, and we're so glad you decided to listen to a Cornerstone conversation today. Have a great, great week, and we hope to see you soon at Cornerstone Alive.